a lady or a gent of God. Does that mean that you are perfect, doing things exactly the way you should, having no struggles or inner battles, not doing wrong things, things you wish you wouldn't do? Being a lady or a gent of God, does that mean that you are holy, no sins at all, having an unwavering faith, total trust, the most perfect Christian, at least what we think that that means, the unwritten description, what people refer to when they say, if you are a Christian, then I would like to challenge your thoughts about this matter. If you need to be so perfect and so holy to be a child of God, why in the world would you need God? Episode 3 Lessons from a Prostitute and a Killer Hey, I'm Gladys Brinkman Regina of Ladies and Gents of God, where we talk about struggles and victories in becoming and being the lady and the gentleman that we dream to be where we discover God's thought about us and allow that to influence our being. This while taking notice of all that we know about mental and emotional health. Join the Ladies and Gents of God community in this podcast. Hello, my LGOGs. This is episode number three, where we are going to zoom into what does it mean to be a LGOG? Who can claim that title? And let me tell you, there will be some that won't like what I'll be telling you. But that's okay, not here to please everyone. So let's get into the topic. The title, Ladies and Gents of God, is inspired by the term, a man after God's own heart. That is what God himself said about David. Check it out for yourself in 1 Samuel 13, 14 or Acts 13, 22. That term intrigued me. What does that mean? If you read both texts and the verses around it, you will conclude that it means doing what God tells you to do. Whoa. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. What a standard, you might think, at least I did. Because that sounds like perfection to its fullest. But then I think about David. He wasn't so perfect. But what was he? To me, he was a man that was totally sincere about who he is, what he feels, and what he needs. There isn't another person in the Bible that let us have a look into their inner world as David. Just read Psalms and you will know what I'm talking about. They are filled with emotions, thoughts, desires, and battles of faith. <laughs> okay, a sidetrack. You know what the funny thing is? Some people say that psychology has nothing to do with the Bible. But isn't psychology about these things? Like emotions, thoughts, relationships, struggles, etc., etc. But anyways, 
In all of these things, David is sincere. He says it just the way it is. Just the way it is for him. No holding up a fake self. And in doing that, never, ever, ever he forget about who God is. He might not understand God or might not agree with him, but in the end, he always surrendered to God. That focus on God and surrender because of his desire to do God's will and be the man God sees him to be, that, that made him a man after God's own heart. Remember when the prophet Samuel anointed him? He anointed him king of Israel. I mean, no one, not even his own father, thought he could be a king. He trusted God's will for his life and allowed God to mold him and work through him. Because he knew he couldn't do it without him. When he lusted Bathsheba and slept with her while using his power as a king, that's like a me too situation, don't you think? When he thought of a wicked plan to cover up his wrongdoings that made things even worse because he then became a killer. When all of this happened and God spoke to him through prophet Nathan, what he did? Surrender. Why? Because, because he could see for himself who he was. He see himself as the way he is and the desire to be the embodiment of God's will moved him to surrender. Trusting God to create something good out of him. Not letting God go no matter what, no matter what he does or what life throws at him. Having faith in God because of who God is, who God has proven to be. His heart made him a man after God's own heart, not his appearance or actions, his heart. Isn't that what God said to Samuel when he told him to anoint David as king? I mean, check it out in 1 Samuel 16, 7. And when we talk about the heart, we talk about the ruling center of a person, the spring of desires, where the will, the intellect, and the feelings comes from. You know, talking about what man sees, and what God sees, you know that that is exactly what was the thing with Mary Magdalene, the woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and with sweet perfume and dried his feet with her hair. People were disgusted by her. But she had a big reason to do such things. It was her way of showing her gratitude and love to the one who truly saw her. He didn't see the prostitute that they just catched in action with a man who was also demon-possessed. He saw her heart and spoke words of truth and worth into her life. She also was sincere to herself and to God. She knew, just like David, that she can't do it on her own. She desired to be the woman Jesus saw in her, a woman with a desire to do God's will. We don't know how come she was a prostitute, 
But in that culture of back then, I'm sure she didn't just become one for the fun of it. She knew her reasons and her shortcomings. And that's exactly what was needed for her to be dependent of God. Years ago, I read a wonderful book about Mary Magdalene at Jesus' feet, where a study of her life shows how she went from a Jesus' feet in shame to in sorrow to in study to in sacrifice to in surrender to in service and at the end at Jesus' feet in song. Great book. Great book to read. Like the preface of the book says, let Mary teach us. We can grow beyond our weaknesses and we can possess that same tremendous love and devotion to serve Jesus here and through eternity. So back to the question, do you need to be perfect and holy to be a lady or a gent of God? No, we need to humble ourselves Be sincere, see our need of God, and desire to be the embodiment of His will. That's all. Evaluate yourself. Evaluate your heart to find out for yourself. No one can judge you. Only you can judge yourself. And only God knows what lies deep in your heart. This sincere evaluation will keep you on track in life. Not for you to condemn yourself, but to keep you focused on God and His will in your life and the word He puts in you. That's the focus, the focus of a LGOG. So, in this podcast, I share with you two people in the Bible that inspire me on my journey as a LOG. Who inspires you? I would like to hear from you. Your inspirations can inspire others on their journey as an LGOG. While asking you this question, I must think of the fact that sometimes people we meet or know can inspire us too. Like my spiritual mom. She showed me the way, held my hand, coached me along the way with no judgments but with much love. Maybe I should do a podcast I mean, an episode with her. Who knows? But who inspires you? Who is maybe your spiritual mom or dad or friend? Lord knows that it ain't easy to be a LGOG. But I guess God knew that and did everything he can to be there for us and with us. Perfection is not what God needs from us. But as David says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Psalms 51, 17. Let's pray. Dear Lord, sometimes we fool ourselves thinking that we are not good enough for you, that we can't claim to be yours because we are not as perfect or as holy as we wish to be or how we perceive others to be. But Lord, you see our hearts and actually that's all that matters. 
if you say we are yours, then we are. You said in John 1, 12, if we receive you and believe in you, you will give us the power to be sons and daughters of God, or as I call it, LGOGs. This power, Lord, we can't deny it because it transforms us and we will testify to that. In Jesus' name, amen. Wait, don't turn it off yet. The book at Jesus' feet of the bachelor is not easy to get in the Netherlands. I was thinking that maybe some of you will like to read it. So I thought about the following. If together we can have an order of 50 copies, I will make arrangements to order them from abroad. If you want a book or more than one to give to others, please email me on gladys at unibonds, that's U-N-I-B-O-N-C, dot org. Email me as soon as possible. And hopefully we can get 50 copies here in the Netherlands. I hear from you. Tune in next time. Every Thursday, a new episode. If this episode or podcast has inspired you, please don't forget to follow or share with others. And if you want, you can leave me a voice message via Anchor app. Or you can send me an email on gladys at unibonds.org. That's U-N-I-B-O-N-C dot org. You can write your email in English, Dutch, or Papiamento. 